Welcome, everyone. My name is Michael S. Sieber. You're listening to Equal Chance to Be Unequal, my podcast about unlocking human potential through helping people disconnect it from their purpose, uncover, and live their purpose. Welcome back, or welcome to my podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I encourage you to take a peek at Equal Chance to Be Unequal's previous episode where I interviewed Aaron Levy. Aaron is a Chicago-based coach and consultant who shared many insights of the daily habits true leaders use to facilitate open, honest, and direct communication that engage uh, many people around them. I am super jacked about today's conversation. I met Mr. Anthony Trucks in May 2019 at the Financial Executive International's annual leadership summit. I happened to be serving as the event MC. Anthony was the keynote speaker. A uh, quick background about Anthony. He received a scholarship to play football at the University of Oregon and then converted that into being an NFL athlete for the Buccaneers, Redskins, and Steelers. After his career in the NFL came to a close, he was a contestant on the American Ninja Warrior, and he was the first NFL athlete to hit a buzzer. He's been featured on six national TV brands and in countless print media outlets. Anthony is a seven-figure gym owner, a six-figure corporate consultant, internationally recognized keynote speaker, best-selling author, recently published a book called Trust Your Hustle. He happily remarried his high school sweetheart, and he is the father to three amazing children. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. How you doing? Awesome. Like It has been a good, good day, and I have a feeling that the next 30 to 40 minutes are going to be even more awesome. Amazing. It'll be great, bro. <laughs> do you know this? I do know this. I know it. I so, know it. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with me for a little bit of time. One of the things that really struck me when I heard your keynote uh, back in May uh, was just the pure authenticity by which you speak, and I want to honor you for that. Thank you. And of course, you're welcome. Uh, you told a ton of stories, but I just want you to kind of kick off today's podcast with a story about a really defining moment or experience in your life. Uh, a defining moment or experience in my life. Um, man, it's been honestly so, so many of those. Uh, I guess one of the defining moments which defined my life uh, would, would be when my mom gave me and my siblings away when we were, uh, well, I was three and they were all younger. So I believe that was a, a major defining moment in terms of the, um, I guess, the way my life would proceed from that moment on. To where you know I, I learned a lot at a young age about how bad the world can be, and then I think that was kind of what, what catapulted me into different directions. Whether it have been you know the story that 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 was how I started and I want to overcome things, or whether it's kind of the aspect of you know because I really I guess on paper or statistically shouldn't have achieved very much. Everything's a positive, so I don't never really get stressed out about life. So I think that's kind of for me one of the big major key moments is that, and then. I think other moments have been like, you know, my marriage, uh, my divorce, my kids, my businesses. I mean, a whole bunch of crazy weird ones. But I think that one's one of the ones that defines my entire life from the get-go. No doubt. It happened at such a, a young age for you. And when you were on stage, it just I was overcome with emotion just kind of listening to it because it's very rare, I think, that a human being could go through so many traumatic experiences but still have the sense of confidence to keep kind of powering through them. Like they know their life's mission in a meaningful way and they just keep driving to it no matter what those roadblocks are as they go through them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think I had this conversation with somebody recently and they were saying like, you know, when you go into something and like no one expects you to win. So you kind of play loose. Like when you're playing as an underdog, it's almost a better position because there's not that stress of having to win. 
I think that's a good summation of a lot of the way my life has proceeded. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've, you know, had some great achievements like college and the NFL and that kind of stuff and TV show things. But at the same time, I always ache it back to like playing loose because truthfully, like everything is, is just more cherries on top. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. it just feels good. I have, I, I operate at a different tick. No doubt. And that's what I hope that our audience kind of pulls away from today is that, you know, th- there are so many things that we can be confronted by in our life, but there are many things that we can look at that can be very, very significant blessings and to have like gratitude or gratefulness for. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's all a matter of perspective. Perspective precedes enlightenment. I mean, the aha moments of life that make us change directions, those are all those changes on perspective of how we're experiencing a moment that we think could be bad, but really could be great based on how we see it. Yeah. And I think that's a really hard thing because society conditions us to believe that one specific path or one specific mindset or one specific habit or structure is like the way that it should be for everybody. And I think that you're kind of looking at it through the lens of what's your authentic journey and how do you look at that journey for what it is not for what somebody else thinks of it as. Yeah, I mean, definitely that aspect too. I think nowadays a lot of people are grasping that there's, you know, and there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat, is what they used to say. And nowadays, you know, it's a lot of different ways to get the same result. But I think not, not many people are tying or trying to tap into the, the aspects of what makes them them. They're trying to be more like something else, whether it's, you know, I want to do videos like this person or I want to speak like that person or I want to have a business like that person. And they never touch base with the fact that the only reason those people can do that is because they got into a good flow for themselves. Like like they got into a flow that plays their strengths, their their ideals, their their morals or ethics, their you know their their passions, whatever it might be. And so because of that flow they got into, that's how they achieve that thing. And if you try to do what they did or or act like they act, you'll never be able to get into your smooth grooves. So you'll never achieve that thing. Even if you do everything they do, you'll do it at a, a like a pace that feels like it's drawing on your soul, just gnawing at you. Right. For eventually you just you can't do it at that pace anymore. So you got to find the thing that you can do at a groove where it becomes what I call effortless effort. Like it's just you're flowing. Uh, and when you can start outputting at a super high level and not feel like you're draining your soul doing it, that's when you hit that stride. You start you know, pretty much achieving all the things that everybody wants without having to do the exact same things everybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I love that on your website, you talk an awful lot about how do we create those senses of an identity shift. Oh, yeah. And Right. And for you, it's kind of three different phases. Uh, so you could talk a little bit about those three different phases and kind of what they mean to you or how you're helping clients through them. Yeah. I mean, well, before I even go to that, it probably makes sense of what the heck they're, they're, they're doing with that identity shift. I guess the, the big base foundation is like we just talked about. Everybody operates an autopilot. And that autopilot is, is a program that took place without us intentionally programming it. It was experience of what's called a shift moments that they molded us and shaped us. Somebody, you know, gave me away. Someone, you know, you know left me in my marriage or, you know, I got some parts of it back. These things that take place all of our lives have different odd shift moments and how we face those and handle those, embrace those and, or, you know, learn from them. It creates this identity that that allows us to honestly operate without even having to think. Like, I believe your identity is that thing that you do without having to think about doing it. And when that shows up in tenacious, tenacious actions or and, you know, productivity or, or, you know, stick to and follow through or passion. When those things just flow from you, uh, that's your identity. The problem is, is a lot of people, they have this desire for something grander, but the identity that they're in right now that operates on flow doesn't output at a level high enough to achieve this dream. And so when I say identity shift, it's shifting into that version of your identity that, that can do that on autopilot. And it can be done. Like people think like, oh, it's woo woo, but it's actually there's psychological science in the background for how you do it how you program your brain intentionally for the first time. And then the way you do it is really through those three stages you just mentioned a minute ago, which is see, sacrifice, sustain. 
And so the way that I look at it is there's going to be three specific levels you must kind of go through and, and operate in at all times in order to, to make this identity shift take place in your life. Uh, the first level is C. There's always two levels of what you see. You see the things that are stuck, like basically making you stick and that, that holds you back. Uh, it could be a lot of things from your past, failures, you know, parental things that happened when you were growing up and how your, your world was programmed based on what you saw or were told. Uh, and that's so pretty much getting rid of things that slow you down. And then also, what are the things you can go after? Seeing the opportunities in life, seeing the the things you can't quite see or seeing the vision that, that you don't know exists because you never looked that way. But seeing where to go, once I know where to go and I know it's holding me back, I can take action, which goes into sacrifice. And the sacrifice is a portion that we spend, I would probably say, 90% of our lives in, which is that, that realm of action. Sacrifice is the true action of everything. And so that's where it's understanding to sacrifice the things that need to be sacrificed and not the things that don't need to, right? So in times I've, you know, and we all lose sacrifice our health, we'll sacrifice relationships, we'll sacrifice loved ones, we'll sacrifice all these things that really at the end of the day we need. You need relationships, you need a healthy body, you need to have all these things in your life that allow you to enjoy what you actually achieve. And in doing so, you have to sacrifice things you don't like to sacrifice, which is your ego that says, I don't need help when you actually do, um, or it's sacrificing that comfort zone, which means when I get to that wall and I want to stop, it's the pain of continuing on. Uh, it's, you know, it's sacrificing your binge watching of TV shows or hanging out with the buddies or getting a beer, like all these things that are what people do to distract themselves from the pain of the life they live. And then they do stuff just to, you know, go back to their nine to five or a job or a business they can't stand because they never do the work to sacrifice right. in the moment to get what they need. And then once you've sacrificed the right way and you're truly making some progress, the worst thing you can do is fall back to square one. And sometimes people get to that point of like, oh, I got this thing. I arrived. And they don't realize that like once you've reached a peak, you get to see other peaks. Like you've reached the peak of the mountain. Like there's more mountain around. So, so you have to go find these things. If not, you'll accidentally slide back to the base of the mountain. You'll go back to the place you were because you'll stop sustaining the efforts of what you did to get to that point. Or you'll stop sustaining the growth to the next level of what you're supposed to be. I'm a big proponent of, of never leaving this planet with things undone. And so if I just get to a point where I'm like, oh, I achieved that and I'm good, I'm going to realize later on pretty quickly that something's missing. Uh, and then I slide back down to the bottom of that hill and I have to fight back again to get on top. So it's all about figuring out what you got to do, what's sticking you, doing the work necessary, not the wrong work, and then staying that course continuously even past that, that level for many, many years, pretty much the rest of your life. Yeah, and I think that's a really hard thing for, for people to really get bought into is that um, through that change process, they have to leave behind friends, patterns, food likes, mm -hmm. right? Whatever those things might be. Yeah. And to live a completely different life means losing quite a bit. Yeah. But we, the brain, the brain automatically goes to this place of what, what am I going to have to give up yeah. as opposed to thinking about all of this really, really cool possibility that's coming. And we got to like, convince people more along those lines to say, Hey guys, you know, it is kind of tough in the short term, but longer term, if you sustain this particular level of behavior, all of these beautiful things are going to come to you. Are you willing to sacrifice the short term in order to have that long term? And the logic will tell you that. And everybody's brain knows this. I mean, the person listening right now gets that. And it's odd part is everybody gets it, but it doesn't matter until the moment that it matters. Like literally the moment that it matters, which is this moment of, do I do this or do I go to bed? You know, do I, do I meet this deadline or make an excuse to extend it and look bad so I don't get this thing done? Or do I just, yeah, I don't want to go off. It's going to be too hard. So all the aspirations and, and things you want to say, we tell our friends, none of that. I mean, none of it matters until the moment that it actually matters. And in that moment, 
the choice you make in a split second will depict how that thing transpires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, Mel Robbins and her book, the five second rule, right? Cause in that moment, can you count from five back to one yep. and actually then take action on something that's in alignment with your mission mm -hmm. as opposed to doing the thing that's unhealthy? Yeah, exactly. It's all the same concept. I love it. So many people, when they get to that point of needing to make the decision, right? There's a, I think you called it an identity wall. Yeah. And like, what's the thing that would move a person past the identity wall? Is it that moment where they actually make the decision? Or like, what in your mind, how do you perceive that? Yeah, so I think, well, first off, the identity wall is something that you have to reach first before you even talk about what to get past. And so identity walls is things. So imagine that someone says, I want to reach the other side of, you know, this this journey, the other side of this path, right? Well, there's going to be steps you have to take to get there, right? We know what these steps, let's say there's going to be 10 steps to go through. What happens is along these steps to make this thing come to fruition, there's going to be some step that all of a sudden we encounter and it's like, holy crap, that's not who I am. I'm not the one who does that. I don't do those things. Like literally things that we will, we will anchor with words and say, it's not who I am. And because it's not who you are, like for example, in the business space, it's kind of like this, people will have to you know, do 10 steps to get the business going. But on one of the steps, it's like build a website or do a live stream. And someone will say, oh, but I don't do that. I don't do live streams. You know, I don't, I don't do video, like whatever it is. And so now what happens is that step that needed to be done, you just didn't do it. And it's because it wasn't who you were. So you hit this identity wall and that identity wall, it goes up and it's impenetrable for a lot of people. And they'll stick there. They'll try to find a way around the wall, but they can't find a crack in the wall. They'll try to build a door that doesn't actually can't build a door. They'll try to find their own unique way. And what happens is they never get the end of that journey met. And they make excuses and they find something new and figure, I'll just take a different path and start from square one. And they do that. But the, the thing is to get past an identity wall, you don't have to climb it. You just have to remove the wall. Like, And it sounds weird when you think about the picture of it, but the truth of it is, is the moment you accept that this thing is no longer part of you. So if it says do a live stream and as opposed to saying, I don't do live streams, you literally say, all right, I do live streams now. And then what does it look like to do that for you? And you just do the work in order to get to that point. A lot of it becomes micro actions, little bits of effort over time. And eventually the wall doesn't like really remove, but you kind of like phase through the wall. Like if you ever watch the show Flash, mm -hmm. he vibrates fast enough to like move through objects. It literally becomes like you phase through it because now it's like this wall that existed. It's literally just poof, disappears and you walk right through that space because now you're getting this part done because now it's who you are. And that I think nowadays, more than ever, is the biggest hindrance in society is so many people have so much access to information, but in the same tools as somebody else, same info as somebody else. But why is it that they get such vastly different results? Is it all luck? I mean, no. Is it because mom has more money and dad has more money? No. You know, a lot of everybody, they struggle the same way, but it was that person. You always hear this unique story. It's going to be like stories. You hear this something that this person did. You're like, man, I never would have thought of that. Or how did they do that? And I just, it's like this craziness. All it was, was their identity said, I'm going to figure this out. And if you think about nowadays, the information we get from people, strategies or tools or programs that people purchase, solutions that are made, all it is is somebody went out and said, hey, I'm going to try this out because that's who I am. And I'm going to keep pushing and I figure it out. And my identity is a person that just figures things out. And I figure it out and I succeed and I come back and say, hey, look, you want to get where I'm at? This is what I did. It's, and then lay it right in front of you. But then everybody, if 200 people get that, why is it only two people finish the race? Like, it's nothing more than just it's you aren't in the right identity to execute on all the steps to reach the end destination. And that is where the world sits nowadays. Our identity has been outsourced to social media and, and friends and pictures of us that, you know, that just create this persona. And then behind the scenes, we're completely different. 
and that we never understand why we can't achieve things is because we're limited somewhere. And most of the time it's our limiting identity. Beautifully stated. And that made me think about the stuff that you talked about in Orlando around the 10 identity anchors. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you think about the walls, uh, sometimes the walls stay up because we have our heart and soul and our, our kind of identity connected to those anchors, man. Give us a couple of examples of what those anchors are and how you've seen them stop people. Yeah, yeah. So I believe we have like, we have specifically 10 and then you have like your 11th plus, which is all the ones that are specific to you. But there's, you know, there's tenacity. Are you tenacious? Do you have grit? Uh, are you a person who has a great purpose? Like, you know what you're supposed to do. Are you passionate? Do you follow through? Or are you someone who perseveres? Like these are specific anchors. And what happens is, um, take for example, like productivity. And there's a lot of people who, who they don't own that they're productive. They're, they're busy. They'll own that they're busy. But like when I sit down, I make statements of I'm going to get more done in the next three days and you get done in the next three weeks. And so because I've owned that and that's who I am, like my identity does not want me to fall out of congruence with that. I figure ways to get it done. I become incredibly productive and I make things happen faster than anybody else will. Or from a person that says, you know, I, I, uh, I follow through. I think people misconstrue or, or you know, mismatch perseverance and follow through perseverance is can I push through when the going gets tough follow through is do I finish right pushing through isn't finishing and a lot of people don't follow through and they don't persevere either and so these these traits are things that people have in their life that are, are the common like specific identity anchors we all have to have to to finish something because everyone's going to run into a moment when they have to persevere a moment when they have to be productive you know a moment when they have to be tenacious or they have to be a person that follows through and if you fall short of those somewhere You'll never be the person that lives in that place that you want to live. I don't just mean the, the house. I mean the physical life. And so that that's the biggest thing is those are the, the key foundational ones you got to have in place. And if you have those in place, it moves so much smoother for your life. And then each person has their own goal-specific identity anchors, right? Do I want to be the person that's like, I'm a phenomenal mom? Or do I want to be the person that's like, I'm, I'm the best bus driver, you know, or the best janitor? Like there's some that are specific to your desired end for your life. And you have to know what those are and don't just own, not just say that you do them where you want to be them, but literally own that that's you. Like own the fact like, you know, I am the person who is never late when I am on my bus route. Like when that's part of your identity, like you'll, you'll get that done. That's just who you are. And people will say, how do you do it? It just, it's who I am. I have to. And if I don't, then I'm falling out of, I can't sleep at night. I'm falling out of congruency. And so as you take that concept and you apply it to a lot of places in your life and do the work to implement those anchors for yourself, life actually shifts pretty smoothly. You get a lot more things done, a lot more success. I completely agree. And thank you for sharing that, Anthony. It yeah. reminds me of Robert Cialdini's book, Influence. And one of the laws of influence is the law of consistency. Mm. And it, it states very similarly to what Anthony was just saying, which is the, the, the more that we perceive ourselves to be of a specific identity or to be of a specific thing, the more we talk about that, the more we do that, the more we behave that way, we want to continue that for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. So if we tell ourselves we're tenacious or we're full of grit or we're the type of person that likes to finish projects and things, then we do it a couple of times. Then it feels good. We've celebrated some wins. We can be recognized for that. We're rewarded in some way. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, the law of consistency kicks in uh, or we have these anchors that are really true to who we are. Now it just is like the flywheel. It just keeps going and going and going and going. And it just becomes who we are. And there's a sense of peace or safety with sharing that with other people. And what I appreciate deeply about, about you, Anthony, is that you're very willing to be vulnerable and share your story. And you're right. When we outsource our identity to social media, which is essentially a highlight reel of a human's life, and we don't really truly share our story via those mediums, then 
that's really fake, right? It's not really legit. It's not real. And so I appreciate that not only do you put out good content on social media, but you do it in an authentic way that people actually want to hear it and they're learning from it. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. I just think these things matter a ton. I agree. Um, when, because it's like when, we, when we're looking at social media and we're seeing this like highlight reel of a person's life, it can drive certain you know people into areas of anxiousness or nervousness or not thinking they're good enough or they're not worthy or whatever those things are. And it's complete bullshit because they are. Yeah. And it's just a matter of reconnecting their identity to one of the anchors and using it as the thing to get them up and out of the funk. Yeah. I mean, it always has to be if detached somewhere. And if you own nothing, if none of those anchors are actually you, then you know, it's not rocket science as to why right. you don't have what you want. Yeah. And that's why I think your story is so profound and more people should be hearing it or listening to it or following you on social because when they start to realize that we all have those pains that uh, that we have gone through in our younger years, and that pain can ultimately lead us to our purpose in some way, it is a far simpler thing for people to get on board with to say, okay, gosh, I had to go through that. It wasn't terribly fun, but I learned these things. And now here's how I can go help other people as a result of that learning. Yeah. If you desire to do so. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't want to help, but if you do want to help, that's, that's the pro process and path you have to go through. Damn. Like you can't teach what you yeah. don't know, having it solved yourself. No, no, no doubt. Um, and I think when you were on stage in May, you talked an awful lot about um, when you're feeling inspiration, that means you really can't go through life on an autopilot, right? And so in your experience, when you've been coaching folks, because you've done it, you know, from athletes to business persons to lots of different types of folks, leaders, mm -hmm. how do you get people to start taking the micro actions so that they can start moving into this new identity for themselves? A couple things. One, you have to understand for yourself, like why in the world you're doing this. I mean, a lot of people just start something because the world says you got to do this thing. And they follow this worldly scale and the worldly scale sucks because the worldly scale has no scale. It's just, it's like, some arbitrary top, arbitrary bottom. And so no one can ever fit in and feel good because always a comparison complex. So first thing I do with people is like we sit back and say, what if we were to say perfect world, what's your version of great? Not good, but like what's, if you were to achieve this thing, what would that be? And, and you just in your heart know that would be great for you. And we, we dial that in and we say, okay, that's what's going to be all right. Great. Okay, cool. So we have these things we know we're going to go towards. What is, what is the ideal identity that you have to have to make this come to light? You know, what are the things that you don't do now or you don't identify now that, that you have to be able to say, that's who I am. Is it saying that I, I'm the person with a phenomenal coaching program? Am I the person who's a powerful speaker? Am I the person who is the best CEO? Am I the person who's the best employee? Like, what does that, that thing demand of you in a sense of like, who are you trying to be? And once we know that, the biggest thing is we have to dissect somebody that in fact does that. And there's a little literal process we go through that allows you to dissect the person's micro actions or their actions and if you think about it, actions are what leads to feeling. So if I want to feel confident, like that's who I am, I have to take actions in that direction. So what we do is we get this investment bias over the actions we put in over time. And that's really how it takes place is you have to go down the distance of saying, what are the actions I got to do? Look at your life. How are you going to infuse them into your day in the micro actions that have to be done? And how are you going to have a plan in place? Not only a big plan, but some kind of plan in place and a purpose in place as to why you're not going to stop. And what you do is you just start the process. You start the spinning wheel and let the wheel go. And the more you do it, the more you stay on course, the more you revisit and, and make sure you're still on track, the more you can shift into that dynamic new personality and that new identity to where someday people look at you and go, man, that's a different person. Like I always, the best way that people always see nowadays, like Instagram, there's always those, that, that lady or that guy who they just were the out of shape. You know, you know I'm, I'm not a very confident person. And lo and behold, two or three years later, they're fitness stars and pros. Mm. 
Yep. Well, how, how did that happen? Like, why are they the yoga pants king and queen right now? You know, why are they? Well, what they did is they went through this process of not being that person and they just spent time. They did the workouts, they did the research, they started helping people. They, they put in the hours to where later on, if you go and talk to them and say, well, what do you know about fitness? They literally will puff their chest up and say, I've, I know what I need to know. I got everything down. I know the nutrition that I've been through. It. I've been, you know, like they, they can literally their ego will come out and you'll see it protect the identity of them being a fitness star, right? And so that's the same thing. If you type that concept and apply it other places, it's the same thing. It's just the micro actions in a direction you want to go stay in the course and then little by little you become that person and then it becomes less and less of a drain because think about that person they first started lifting weights or exercising it was hard to get to the gym hard to buy food it was hard to eat all the time they wanted to binge they don't want to do all this kind of stuff but they didn't and now it's just who they are it's just it's easy it's effortless effort so people look at them and go man you make it look so easy think about every successful person you can think of for the most part they're like they make it look so easy Mm -hmm. how do you do that many hours it's just who they are and for them, it's not hard anymore because it's, it happens on autopilot. And I don't think autopilot's a bad thing. It's one of our best assets. But right. your autopilot has to be set to the right destination. Yeah, I totally agree. And as you were speaking, Anthony, I thought of uh, James Clear, who writes an awful lot about habits. And for years and years and years, the guy wrote hundreds of blog posts and finally built up you know, followers that he, hundreds of thousands of people are on his newsletter distribution list. And now he was able to publish a book called Atomic Habits. And that's a perfect example of, you know, somebody who was just doing it for himself as he was working through his body's transformation. And all of a sudden he was able to like you or even me to a lesser degree, we're able to then inspire and influence other persons as a result of staying really heavily committed to a longer term goal through those daily habits, rituals, and micro actions. That's all it is. Yep. So I I just wish that people could understand the simplicity of that, but many people, even if they understand it, they're unwilling to start the process and then maybe stop something else in their life or maybe change something else in their life. Those are the very things that are actually going to allow for one, two, three years down the road for that really significant success that you've been desiring for a long time for it to actually occur. That's it. Yeah. And it's an happening to a flow. And it, I think the one thing that I try to explain to people is, is the destination is not the destination, the place you're trying to get, the whatever that is. Because the, the, think about it, the destination, you feel like you've arrived, you feel good at the place. That's what we typically think. But a lot of people, they, they'll never reach that because they hate the journey. And if you hate the journey, you'll never enjoy the destination. Like if you take a trip across the, you know, the ocean to a new continent and the entire trip sucked, you know, the plane was delayed or your flight was delayed because of some stupid person. You had a baby crying next to you and then you land and then you get lost and you, you waste hours and you get to your room and they didn't have a room booked the next day. Like if the whole thing sucks and then you get to your amazingly beautiful room, you don't walk into the room and all of a sudden go, man, I'm so happy. Like you don't, you're still pissed, right? But if, if you enjoyed the journey, like if the journey became something where you just loved the, the process to get there, even if you got there and the room was garbage and horrible, you'd still be like, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm in a good mood. Let's figure this out. Like you, you'd be open if you'd be okay. And you eventually get it figured out, right? So most people don't realize that the journey is a destination. When I say that, I'm really saying the life that you are blessed to live every single day without stress without anger, without frustration, with forgiveness, with good relationships, with a good body, a good, good purpose, and impactful work, that's your destination. That's what we're really seeking. We're not looking for a yacht and a Ferrari and a boat. And like th- those things aren't, those, those are just destinations and those things don't fulfill. The journey is constant fulfillment. It's, it's daily nourishment. And if you can get to where your journey, your daily journey of what you're doing is amazing because you love yep. it, you finally arrived. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so well said. It made me think of 
this idea that, you know, the obstacles along our path are actually the path, right? You can't avoid them. You should never try to avoid them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Beautifully stated, Anthony. Now on your website, um, anthonytrucks.com for those listening, there's a quiz about income identity or about ideal identity. Yeah. And, you know, what is it that you want folks who complete that? What is it that you're really hoping for them to learn? Well, for me, that that one is created for individuals who want to create a better life through running some sort of a successful business. It doesn't have to be what I do. It's whatever they deem that they desire. And so what I look at is a lot of people, they look at this whole, like, oh, I want to make seven figures. If you ask people, what you know, what's a good amount of money you'd like? Almost everybody, there's a study that was done in some room of 100 people. And to the man and woman, 100 people all said seven figures, million dollars. Hmm. Right. So a million dollars, it's not really a, a number. I think it's money. Most people think it's a number. Really what it is, it's it's a it's a signification of what this, you know, signifies. Like and what it signifies is freedom. Time freedom, money freedom, peace, you know, more things, I guess you can call it. And so when I look at the income identity, people may they tie this, you know, seven figures. It's not so much the money, but it's the freedom. I can get the same freedom if I live in a certain place for like a hundred thousand dollars. If I went to the Philippines right now with six figures, a hundred grand. I could live a seven-figure lifestyle, right? It just depends on where you're at. And so the income identity, the thing is, it's a lot of factors that tie in to whether or not you'll make that kind of money. It just, it just is. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like if you, if I was to take a person with five-figure, six-figure, and seven-figure identity, there's a very distinct way that they think, they operate, they show up, how they view opportunity, how they view hardships and setbacks, how they view money, how they look, how they look at legacy. Like there's different parts, and so. In that, you're going to get a, pretty much, if you take the quiz, an output of where your, your identity lays right now. And if it's not where you want to be, which most people do want to be at seven figures, there's something you have to change. And, and I do programs and teachings off that that tell you how to make those changes. But the realistic aspect is you've got to make some kind of adjustment or shift to get to that next tier if you really desire to have that yeah. next level of life. Yeah, so well said. That is something that I think more and more people uh, in society are starting to think about that. Mm-hmm. And I, it kind of makes me think of, you know, people moving up Maslow's hierarchy of needs and more yeah. people looking for self-actualization. And so I think younger generations are gravitating towards that. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're wanting it more and more and more. So I think that younger folks are gravitating more towards that. It's just a matter of, can we convince those folks from Gen X or the baby boomers or the traditionalists to kind of think about self-actualization for themselves, as opposed to just doing what society has always encouraged them to do. Yeah. Cause I love what you said about it really does signify freedom more so than it signifies like a specific revenue. And what made me think of Dan Pink and his book Drive, where we we all want autonomy and all humans are motivated by the the achievement of autonomy, which is that freedom that you just discussed. And so mm-hmm. when we have it, do what I want to do. Do exactly what you want to do with your time, right? That's important. Now is the income identity, that little questionnaire, is it similar to the master class or does one connect to the other somehow? Oh, yeah. So the, the income identity is pretty much a lead to kind of give you a taste and a feel of what this thing is. The master class is where I really break down the clear distinctions between uh, why somebody does not have, if they're in the business realm, why they don't have a successful business. Now, there's a couple tiers to what it is. But first, like we've talked about a lot of it right here, right now. Um, but understanding where the identity plays, because it is the most critical role, I believe. Like to my to my thorough, thorough heart core, I believe identity is the missing factor from a lot of people nowadays. And in society, I think always from the base of humanity, whenever people wanted to, to get to that next level, that's what it's always been. It's always been the aspect that's been limiting for a lot of people. Because even if you don't have the tools or the solutions and strategies, some people just figure it out, right? Some people can be dropped in the middle of nowhere and still figure it out. You're like, well, how do they do it? It's just who they are. 
So that for me is a big piece. And I, I open that up inside the, the match class and teach the connection there. And then I also break down at the end of that, how, how a business runs and, and, and really what it is is specific actions of how to create a scalable, consistent income generating business. And so in doing so, um, we talked about micro actions. There are a lot of actions that people are being told to do nowadays that I don't fully believe with. I don't think you should go and, and buy a whole bunch of software and crazy automation tools and all that kind of stuff if you don't know who you're talking to, if you don't know what they want, if you don't have a coaching program to teach them or a speech to share. Like the technology is not going to serve. It only, it's, it's only going to pretty much, you know, I guess, ex, expel what you have in your head. And if you don't have enough stuff in your head or you're not the right person to use it, it's a wasted tool. It's a magnification of what you are. And if you aren't the right person, it's just not going to help you. And so I, what I teach is, is really the baseline of how do I build a business while actually learning about the customer and what their needs are and then sell something to them before I've even made it in a very ethical way. Don't get me wrong. It's a process you do to prepare for it, but you don't have to spend all this time creating it. And then how do you make it and create it on the fly as you're growing and getting better to where your business eventually tells you what it needs to get to the next level. And the great part is in doing this, you're actually doing the micro actions to shift your identity. So it all happens in a cool little process where it's like, I'm learning the psychology. I'm applying that. I'm getting it all done. And the micro actions I'm doing are the like the right simplified micro actions necessary to truly create a business. Now the companies, it's a whole program is called Seven Figure Identity that we actually have people go through. And I promise it's not you know about making seven figures, but it's about what does that identity need from me to eventually be yeah. able to do that. Now, is the masterclass free, or is it is there a cost to it? Yeah. No, it's free masterclass. Awesome, dude. Yeah, that's great. I thought I saw that on the website, but I just wanted to double check. So for everybody listening, like seriously, anthonytrucks.com, go to the little link for seven figure identity or seven figure masterclass and like watch the videos, right? Anthony is super duper engaging on stage. And I can imagine that you are in the videos too. Um, Just because I I had so much fun kind of listening to you and and watching you while you're on stage and the other stuff that I've seen come across on Instagram and some of your social content, it's very easy to get into the right frame of mind as we, or as I listen to you, Anthony. So thank you for sharing those things. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll bring us to a close here pretty soon. Uh, so when I was thinking a little bit about some of the things you've shared about your family, um, I was thinking about, you know, you're definitely this athlete, definitely this businessman, uh, in those contexts, you've accomplished incredible things. And I know that in some meaningful way, you've also accomplished incredible things through being a husband or through being a father. Um, but as we're wrapping up, dude, like give us just a little bit about your family and what maybe they've taught you about being a better human or about being a better leader or about being a better coach. Like, what does that look like? I mean, everything, it's all tied together. I think at the end of the day, yep. um, I'm good at being able to subside my ego. Like I, I, I'm always shifting my own identity. It's based on life experiences, the odd shift moments we talk about. And there's a lot of odd shift moments. Like my son who's nine will make a statement. I'm like, Oh, I don't want you to be right. But this nine year old's right. Okay. I shouldn't do that. You know, like my oldest, you know, teach me stuff. My wife, you know, being the one that they can poke at me and, and I can take her insight in. And I think at the end of the day, no one brain sees everything. And so if you can take the insight, it gives yourself more eyes to see more. And so I'm always taking insight in for the family. And they're my anchor, they're my root. Like it's it, in my relationships, I've learned literally everything I think I need to know about life. And I continue to learn it through relationships. Like right now I'm sitting here like sweaty, dripping sweat in clothes because my wife wants us to do a figure competition and they do do a show for like, you know, on stage with your muscles all showing. I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> okay, like if you ask me, like, I don't want to do this thing, but my relationship, 
my relationship wants me to do it. My wife wants me to do it. It's not going to hurt me. I'm going to get in good shape and I get to spend some cool time with my wife. So my relationship taught me that if you really want to have a great relationship, be in the relationship, <laughs> like do things together. And so there's aspects of where I look at that aspect and that relationship isn't just intimate. It's my friendship relationship. It's my, my client relationships. It's my, you know, parental relationships. It ties to that. Forgiveness is a big piece. I, I went through a situation with my wife, current wife now, where high school sweethearts, you know, went through the pros together in the NFL, all the way through college, stuck together through college, had three kids, had a gym. Um, you know, she had an affair. We got divorced. I hated her guts for like three years. I mean, I, I legitimately just, I could not stand the human being she was. And then, you know, through a lot of personal growth, I was forced upon me to figure my life out. Like I got to a realization of, well, I was a humongous part of why she got driven to a point of feeling like she needed to get her needs met somewhere else. It was a tough pill to right. swallow, but it taught me how to swallow tough pills and then how to take my power back to be able to actually say, okay, cool. I didn't like the decisions that happened. I don't like the role I played in this, but at least I had a, a role to play. At least I had some power. What if I changed that? And that was one piece that, that allowed me to comprehend certain aspects. So I learned how to take my own in and like, hey, own my stuff. Also, forgiveness. I mean, I don't condone in any way her actions. She did what she did. And it was a horrible choice. She didn't have, you know, she'd have to make the choice, but she did. But then teaching me how to forgive people and what power that, that I'm able to get back from being able to remove my anger from a situation and not be confined yeah. to it. Right. And then from there, see what blossoms into this point now. Like we have, I'm back with her. I, I don't I have such an incredible relationship that I, I really can't put it in words how great we operate. We are far from perfect. We have more than enough arguments. Don't get me wrong. Right. But there's this such a level of peace and true freedom in my relationship more than ever before. Freedom to be right. me, to create what I create, support, be loved. Like, you know, we're very, very, you know, tight in the aspect of who we are. And that it just works because of the crap we've been through. And then from my children's perspective, they're always teaching me how to teach. Like I, I realize that I have three different, completely different humans. And when I coach people, they're always different people. And I have to give grace enough to every person and treat them the same by treating them all differently. And so I'm always mm -hmm. in this consistent practice of figuring out how to say the same thing three different ways and not get frustrated because of it, because that is the journey. If you want to teach people, you want to share your message, your message is going to have to be received differently by different people based on how you choose to mold and shape and become a better coach to communicate to different people. And so yeah, it's just it's a consistent growth for me at all times with him. That is so beautifully stated, man, when you think about having to customize and tailor the communication to the person in the way that he or she can receive it. Yeah. Right. And so good for you for being able to think about your emotions and regulating them differently and looking where you might have been uh, better in your own relationship over those years. Dude, I just think the work that you're doing is fantastic, man. So where can people find you? Is it anthonytrucks.com or do you have some other places where they yeah. can go and keep an well, eye on The you? masterclass, if you want to go to that, well, there's a couple ways. If you want to watch the masterclass, it gives you more in depth on this. That's masterclass.thenumber7figureidentity.net. Um, if somebody wants to go and hop on a phone call with my team, we do free strategy calls. We actually sit down um, with you for a good chunk of time and just sit there and really break down where you at, why are you stuck, what part of your identity needs to be adjusted, and then craft a plan of what you need to go through to get to the next level. And you can talk about doing with us or by yourself. It's totally up to you. That's a free call. That's trucksteam.com. And then outside of that, just go to add Anthony Trucks or follow me on social media. Trucksteam.com. <laughs> so, Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I know you've got a couple other meetings yet this afternoon, so I want to be uh, I want to honor that. Thank you. But I am so thankful that you just invested a little more than a half hour in into this discussion. Yeah. Um, I thought you were absolutely marvelous on stage. I want to thank you again for the work that you did in May. Appreciate that. Thank, thank you for you. your time today. And uh, everybody listening, 
like got to go to the master class, got to check out the trucks dot uh, trucks team.com and maybe have that phone call with Anthony in a meaningful way. Cause I know he's taught me a ton in the short period of time that I've known him and he definitely would teach you a ton too. So with that, I'll bring today's discussion to a close. Anthony, thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode of equal chance to be unequal. I'm Michael S. Siever. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and like, share, or comment on this podcast on michaelsiever.com, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. Go forth and be awesome.